today we come to the book of Philemon. It is by far the shortest epistle, and it is the only epistle Paul ever wrote about one single individual. Usually Paul writes epistles to a church, to the leader of the church, because the issue was the issue in the church. This was about one individual. Philemon, who is Philemon? Titus, we know. Who is Philemon? Philemon was a rich Roman citizen of the city of Colossae, Book of Colossians, right? Now, if you look back, Colossae was started by Epaphras, right? The Book of Colossians, you will find that. And Epaphras reached out to Philemon, this rich Roman guy, Gentile, and Philemon was saved. And it appears that he became one of the leaders of the church in Colossae because it says the church, in this episode it says the church that worships in your house, Mr. Philemon. All right, so he was had a house church in his house. He brought you one of the co-workers of Epaphras. Now, why is Paul writing this letter? Paul is writing this letter because one of Philemon's slaves had run away from him. Okay, He obviously either was a very bad rebellious slave or Philemon was a very cruel master before he became a believer. So, this slave, his name is Onesimus, when he ran away from Colossae, he ran as far as he could go, he went to Rome. That's a good long way off. Normally, when you are a runaway slave, you cannot go to a village. People will be very inquisitive, you know. In a village, everybody knows everybody. They say, where are you from? Why do you run? Who, who are you? But in a big city, it's very easy to get lost in the crowd. Nobody bothers with you, right? Everybody has his own business, okay? And so you can melt into the crowd. So he went to the big city Rome to disappear, in a sense, to, to put his past away. And somehow or other, he met Paul. Now, Paul was in house arrest in Rome. So maybe he was seeking God. Maybe he heard about Paul talking about the gospel because Paul's uh, imprisonment or house arrest in Rome was very well known. So anyhow, he met uh, Paul and Paul shared the gospel with Mr. Onesimus, the runaway slave, and he got saved and he was totally um, changed. Now, Paul now wants to return him now that he's saved and he's become such a disciple of Paul. He's such a blessing to Paul. Of course, Paul wants to keep him. Paul's alone in jail, hardly anyone left. He's an old man tied down. He needs help in a lot of things. He can't move. He, and so Onesimus became his, maybe his helper in the jail. And, and yet Paul wanted to make sure that he got right with his past, right? He had done something wrong. He had run away from his master, okay? And maybe he stole something. I don't know. Paul wanted him to get right. So Paul sends him back, right, to 
Philemon with a letter. So Mr. Onesimus is sent back to Mr. Philemon a long way away to get his past right. Now it's quite scary for a runaway slave to go back to his master because the, uh, the charge against a runaway slave in the Roman Empire was very simple. If the slave ran away, he was crucified. Remember, crucifixion is not just for Jesus, all right? Crucifixion was for the worst kinds of crimes in the Roman Empire. So whenever a man was crucified, ah, he's the worst kind of criminal. And runaway slaves, that was considered a worst kind of criminal. You had been sold to somebody who ran away. So when Onesimus went back, there were two possibilities. He would either be crucified for running away, or he would be branded on his forehead with the word fugitive in Latin, right? So that wherever, if his master said, okay, I don't crucify you, but you've got to be branded so that forever now you can't run away because you have this on your forehead, okay? And so two uh, outcomes were uh, likely uh, possible for Mr. Onesimus when he went back. But Paul writes this letter and we see a totally different outcome, all right? He should be a condemned man. But let's just read the letter to Philemon. Very, very short and we can go right through it. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Ephiah, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Philemon had a church. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I derive much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Right? So some comments here. Obviously, Philemon was a very well-liked Christian, a totally converted man, and he had refreshed the hearts. Look at verse 7 of the saints. He was a very charitable man. A lot of the saints were persecuted, right? And he had, because he's wealthy, he probably took care of them, paid their bills, etc. Right? Then we go on to verse 8, which you see Paul's plea for on his 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 uh this slave Onesimus. Accordingly though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and me. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, 
but more than a bondservant as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. All right, so we see Paul making an appeal in these verses. He said, you know, I could command you, you're one of my disciples, right? Okay, you know me, you respect me, I could just tell you what to do, right? I could tell you, hey, Onesimus is with me, I can send you a letter and say, I'm keeping him here. I know you will not disagree because I need help here. I'm in prison. I need help. And he's been such a wonderful help to me. He's my son now. I've, you know, Paul never had a natural family, okay? Timothy was far away, and, or sometimes Timothy was with him, but Timothy had to go off. And, you know, Onesimus could be a real blessing to him. But Paul says, I appeal to you, right? That not command you, appeal to you, that you will receive him back as a brother. Wow, that is something quite amazing, right? It says, no longer, verse 16, as a bondservant, that's a slave, huh? but more than a slave, as a beloved brother. Wow. Now, when you read this and me, big, no big deal, you know, no big deal. But, this is in the Roman stratified culture, right? It is amazing. Okay? Slaves were totally a different category. You can accept them in your house, but never as a brother. Always a slave. Okay? You must remember that two-thirds of Rome at this time 60 over percent of Rome were slaves. And if you didn't put the slaves under, clearly under you, they could overrun you. They outnumbered you. Many households had more slaves than they had their own relatives in it. They had two children and six slaves in it. Now, if you didn't treat them strong-armed, one day, they will own Rome. Hmm. Okay? And so the social stratification was very clear that nobody dared to change it because that would change the whole of their society. Now, Paul did not promote rebellion of slaves. Remember, Christianity is never about rebellion. It's always about, not about outward rebellion, Outward warfare, no. It's always about internal change. And we know that outward rebellion leads to counter-rebellion and counter-rebellion and it goes on and on. But when you change from inside out, it is a lasting change. Rebellions don't last long. Kuditas don't last long. They're fast, effective in the short term. But a change of heart. So he's telling Philemon, can you receive him as a brother? You who help the poor, were good to poor saints, can you be good to someone the poorest of the poor, a slave, and receive him? Not just tolerate, not just don't crucify him, not don't brand him, but receive him as a brother. Wow. That is an internal revolution of the heart. Okay, so we see here what to you and me looks like, ah, 
This whole letter is about one silly slave and Philemon. No, 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 no. This letter is about us as Christians learning to receive others who we have all along despised or been away from, avoided, because they are different from us economically, racially, right? Whatever. Do you realize it's still very prevalent in the church? The rich mix with the rich. The poor sit in one corner. I see it in my church. I have all kinds of ethnic groups, many. They have their own corner. The majority group will just accept them. It's okay, they can worship here. But as brothers, not really. Not really. Just accept them. I don't crucify them. I don't brand them on the forehead. But frankly, I cannot really accept them. That's the truth. It's the plain truth. This is 2,000 years after Philemon, after slavery. We still have our discriminations. Okay? In the heart. Outwardly, no problem. You are welcome, all of you. But the moment I walk by you, you just, mm, hi, how are you? Mm. You don't say that to a brother. You greet a brother. You hug a brother. But no, it never occurs. Never. Okay? Rarely. If it does occur, it's a little surprising to the rest. Okay? So I hope here you begin to see that this is put here for a reason. Right? Okay. So we see that finally, I believe, I hope that this happened. Philemon hugged him as a brother and now he became useful to Philemon because his heart had been changed. No more the rebellious runaway slave. Now a good son. Okay? A good brother. Right? To Philemon. Philemon now, no more the bossy master. A good brother. A good dad to him. Alright? So, we see how the heart can be changed. Now, in Colossians 3.11, which is, this is Colossians, yeah, this is Philemon in Colossians, it says, Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Alright? Now, I hope that in our mind we can receive anyone however despised, however horrible his past. I mean, Onesimus had run away. He'd broken every rule probably. He probably stole money and ran. Otherwise, how could he have money to go to Rome, right? So Paul said to him, Paul says here in verse 17, So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of you owing, of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. 
all right and so on now so paul is saying if he owes you anything i will pay i'm sure he stole something uh, there's no other way he could have traveled uh, all the way to to rome okay and if you're going to run away you better make sure it's worth all your trouble right steal whatever you can and run so paul says i will pay now do you realize this is really the gospel message all right in this little story we are slaves of sin run away from god christ called us back and paid the death of our sin and now we return back to our master and become useful to our master in the past we were terrible we mocked god's name we you know rejected god but now we have come back so paul is doing what christ did for him right paul was a persecutor christ met him saved him and now paul becomes useful to god paul meets a runaway slave brings him back and says to a, to philemon i will pay for him as christ paid for us and he will be useful to you this is the gospel story but the real message is receive all as brothers okay now churches today please don't look down on those who are terrible criminals before all right or terribly poor terribly smelly terribly uneducated terribly different from you all right you know your social culture you live in maybe like you know treat all these people with disdain but in christ we are all in christ one the church is one may god bless you may the little lesson of philemon change our outlook to everyone that is born again brought into the family to be our brothers to hug them, to help them, to love them, not to tolerate them. May God bless you and your church.